0: Welcome to Inconvenient, an international podcast where we talk about what moves or changes the world today. This is Ale and this is Annie. Thank you for tuning in.
1: Hello, listeners, and welcome to another episode of Inconvenient. We hope you enjoyed our last episode about authenticity on social media and that you are doing well and staying healthy throughout the
0: coronavirus lockdown. I'm really, really excited for this episode because today we are coming Mm -hmm. to you with a topic to announce that our girl, Ellie, recently has opened her own company and uh, officially launched it on social media. So your startup is called Oliver's um, and it's all about bringing non-formal education to schools, NGOs and businesses and making acquiring soft skill as a priority in our education but what does non-formal education actually mean? Today, Ella will help us to dive deeper into this topic. (laughs) First of all, um, maybe can you tell us more about like non-formal education? What does that mean? Maybe for some of our listeners, they hear that for the first time. Absolutely. When you do the
1: research about non-formal education, you can see that this topic kind of started to appear in 1960s. Already in 1967, at an international conference in US, there were ideas uh, set out for what ha- was to become a widely read analysis of the growing so-called world educational crisis. So already back then, there was a concern about unsuitable curriculum, a realization that educational growth and economic growth were not necessarily in step, and that jobs did not emerge directly as a result of educational inputs. And many countries were finding it very difficult politically and economically to pay for the expansion of formal education. So the colleges, universities and schools. And back then the conclusion was that formal education systems had adapted too slowly to the socio-economic changes around them and that we were held back not only by the conservatism of the educational system but also by the inertia of societies themselves. If we uh, also accept that educational policy making tends to follow rather than lead other social trends, then it followed that change would have to come not merely from within formal schooling but from the wider society and from other sectors within it. It was from this point of departure that Economics and the World Bank even began to make a distinction between informal, non-formal,
0: and formal education. Okay, that's really interesting to hear more about the, the history of non-formal education already that it started in the 70s. You also see that nowadays, according to like, for example, marketwatch.com, the hottest, meaning like the most wanted skill on a job market today is creativity.
1: Yeah, so it's actually not a hard skill that's most wanted by today's job market, but a soft skill. As well, Forbes.com has recently published an article where it said that actually the storytelling is the skill that right now is very much needed for the businesses to thrive and succeed it. So it's the skill that is
0: required from
1: a lot of potential employees to have. So
0: we see that our school system that we still have today, they were essentially created in the industri- industrial age and responded to the needs of that time. So it means like meaning hundreds years ago, yes. right? So school is all about like following instruction in the proper way, like go to number 25, stop talking, do this exercise, write this essay and so on. And I think that was like good for that time, right? Where most of the working force were factory workers and their whole job was valued by whether they have done instructions properly or not. But with the modern world values, we also have like a change. And we see that, as we mentioned, that we search more for people who can be creative, communication, communicate their solution for the problems and collaborate with others. And I think that works. that's what non-formal education would, wants to bring up more in people, right? With um, the whole creativity and communication and so on. Ale, what is your own experience with with education and how did you get into the field of non-formal education?
1: Okay, story time. (laughs) (laughs) As a lot of people in the world, I went to school when I was about seven years old. From the very first day at school, I really was confronted with the way of learning that I haven't been confronted before that, because before that I was really like lucky to being able to learn in a lot of different ways and like my mom who at that time was stay-at-home mom she managed to really awaken the creativity within me. I really learned a lot of things before I went to school even like reading. At school there was this the thing that Annie already said that you need to follow instructions all the time and that's really the style that I didn't fit into. I didn't like it so much and I guess who likes it so much? I don't know if you enjoyed it at school when you were a kid. I went with my education, I went on with my education, formal education, and I started seeing that the fact whether I was interested in something was so much dependent on the way it was being taught. So, what was the teacher doing? What were the methods yeah. that the teacher used to teach us the subject? And I was like fortunate to have really good teachers uh, and very creative teachers with like Polish language, English, history, and very bad teachers with physics, math, and chemistry, and biology. So you can of course already deduct from that that I really didn't go on to get like a physics degree or Uh, I didn't become an IT specialist, computer scientist, whatever, (laughs) but I'm doing a podcast right now. That's, that's like, (laughs) that's, you can see the journey right there. So uh, when I was at school and I started really learning that at the same time, I started being very active with a lot of NGOs and I did a lot of social work as volunteering and then at the end of high school, I just started working in an NGO as an employee as well and as like a board member and that also made me immerse myself in the world where a lot of things depended on me and I had to be really creative to Mm
0: -hmm.
1: create solutions to the problems that I was seeing and I'm saying like both small problems and also those big problems that Mm -hmm. I had to create solutions to them in long term. I went to university as a lot of people expected from me and my peers to really do well on the exams and to go to university. So I went to university, I went to study law. I remember that the first step that I made to go into like the the room when there was the first ever lecture in my life. But the moment that the professor started talking, I had like this very experience when I started looking around and saying, what the hell am i doing here that was really the thoughts that i was having and then i met like a lot of people who are really passionate about law and they really loved it i wasn't one of those people and then i was thinking okay i need to change my major i need to change maybe the university maybe i need to study in a different country but i saw that this is not the problem the problem was i wanted to do a different thing i didn't want to study After like a while, because I also like was really, really getting further and deeper into my job and what I was doing. And I worked as a person who was responsible for migrants integration in the local communities. With that work, I also started working in non-formal education. And that means that I started to bring the topics that in schools we don't talk about. Like, for example where the stereotypes come from, where the prejudice comes from, where the discrimination comes from. Really going to a lot of different young people, mostly in schools and talking with them about it, I started creating like different activities that help people to understand why are they prejudiced against people who come from different countries, against migrants, against refugees. So I started being more and more engaged in that. And at the same time, I dropped out of college. I was really happy with that decision, even though it was really hard. But I was really happy because then I went on to, like, get more education in the field of non-formal education. And I got more training and started working more with mostly children and young people with non-formal education concepts. And I thought that, yeah, that's, like, that's really what I want to do. That's where I really see the purpose of myself, what Mm -hmm. I'm good at and what I can do. But at the same time, I saw that a lot of those problems that we face today in our society, they come from lack of education. But how is that if we have like more and more advanced schooling, right? If we like start learning with computers or tablets, like, come on, it's like, it's developing, right? It seems like it's developing. The truth is it's not because we have like so many problems. For example, the problem that I worked with was discrimination against migrant communities. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. what I was seeing is the only solution is to make people realize that empathy and Mm -hmm. the ability of going into someone's shoes. Other abilities that make us open-minded and make us think critically also about the news that we're seeing. These skills are not acquired in school and those skills can be only acquired with
0: non-formal education. That I want to mention that and underline that, that I already know you or like I got (laughs) to know you when you were a law student, Mm -hmm. right? It's really amazing to be part of your journey and see how you developed. Yeah, so for all of you who are listening, there are like three main types of education and we want to break them down for you. So Mm -hmm. first we have formal education, which is hierarchically uh, structured chronologically graded like the education system running from primary school through the university in including in addition to general academic studies it's a variety of specialized programs and institutions for full-time technical and professional training and then we also have informal education which is actually the lifelong process whereby every individual acquires attitudes values skills and knowledge from daily experience and also like from the educative influence and resource in our own environment which means from our family the neighbors from our workplace and for children when they play with other children also from the media what is non-formal education Alexandra, what are the key points of it? So
1: non-formal education
0: is organized educational activity
1: outside of the established formal system. So outside of school, or it can also be in school, but it's not part Mm -hmm. of the curriculum. And whether operating separately or as an important feature of some broader activity, it's intended to serve identifiable learning clientels and learning objectives. Non-formal education is basically like a process where you learn things in an organized way but it's very different from formal schooling few key points as uh, you also said in non-formal education uh, really show how this process is very different from what we do at school and I just want to underline that that it's like I don't want non-formal education to be like contrary to formal education Mm -hmm. because I also Mm -hmm. think like Formal education, even though it needs to be reformed very much, it is very much needed, right? Like to acquire a lot of hard skills and technical skills to basically run this world, right? And run the society. So mm-hmm. it's absolutely that I don't want to abolish schools, but <laughs> I just would love the, the non formal education to be more present in our lives. Okay, so what are some key objectives? So, first of all, non formal education process is learner. Centered. And that means that the whole educational process is focused and adjusted to the learner's needs. A person who is like the facilitator of the activity, they ask you what you need or they look at what you need as the learner. The whole process is adjusted to you and you are very much encouraged to ask questions and be curious about everything. Another thing is experiential learning. That basically means that you first experience something And then based on the conclusions and reflections that you learn, you get the information yourself. So this is like the contrary to formal schooling processes. Most of formal schooling processes where you have like the book and then you read the information and you need to memorize it. Right. But. You mm-hmm. In experiential learning, you first go through an experience and then you need to see what is the information based on your reflection. Actually, one example of that for you to imagine what that really means is the one that you gave me. So Annie told me that at her university, there was class uh, about caring for elderly people. And you uh, talked that the teacher suggested to students that they wear a diaper for a day and they function Mm -hmm. in a diaper Mm -hmm. for a day Mm -hmm. and they function in a diaper longer than they are supposed to so that they feel how does the elderly person who has no other choice but to use this diaper when they are too long in it and they need a change. Annie studies nursing so this was for nursing and medical students so this is like a great example of non-formal education being mm-hmm. incorporated into formal schooling a teacher mm-hmm. telling you hey do this experience because if you do that right if you wear this diaper for a day mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you like do your business you are not going to change it you'll feel extremely uncomfortable but you mm-hmm. will feel that on your own so your conclusion after that." you will feel disgusting and you will really want that diaper to be changed. And I'm sorry for such a gross example, but... (laughs) But it's it's a great example, actually, yeah. When you will have to do with this, like, person who needs the care and you will be with them... You will be more empathetic than if you were without this experience because you will know, hey, like I really need to change this diaper because this person feels terrible. Like I need to do that because I know how it feels. This empathy that is being created, the skill, it's so important for us. Another thing is that non-formal education always has like a clear objective and aim, but it is engaging and inclusive for the people taking part in it. And it's participatory, meaning that participants take decisions on what they want to do next in the learning process. And what is really great, you are also encouraged to make mistakes and fail and to learn Mm -hmm. from your own failures.
0: So now maybe to show you how non-fermal education looks in practice, why it's important to have it, like what can be the result of it? We wrote down six examples. As a result, uh, with learning through non-fermal education methods, the skills that we can acquire are competent. Like, for example, empathy open-mindedness, vulnerability, sensitivity and the sense of inclusion as um, Alexandra already like mentioned with um, talking about discrimination and how this whole concept worked. Then also other competence would be di- direct and non-violent communication, critical thinking, working in the team and so much more. Also like accepting that we will always make like mistakes and fail in life and how to deal with that right. Many people maybe would get surprised and think that what kind of skills are they? But the <laughs> truth is that those skills are so important for us and our society to acquire, and you got to learn them. The, those skills
1: are very often mentioned or referred to as quote-unquote soft skills, mm-hmm. contrary to hard skills. And hard skills are like, for example, programming, ma- mathematics, medicine, and so on. The term that we use kind of dismisses the importance of those soft skills the truth is they are very much relevant in
0: today's world soft skills are also very often assigned to women it said that we are more uh, empathetic like by birth already uh, that we're (laughs) born with this whole set of soft skills oh yes we Um, were (laughs) but we also need to learn them and in in a society women are more conditioned to be like to have this uh, soft skills uh, to be sensitive to the needs of others and to take into consideration others' well-being. Also because society tells us that's the role of of a woman in society. These are the skills that actually we all should have them. It doesn't have something to do with our gender, right? Learning hard, hard skills has
1: become relatively easy with all the resources that we have nowadays. It's really important to mention that not everyone has access to that and we need to remember that and there are still a lot of people, a lot more than we would want to, that don't have access to any education. Unfortunately, also most of them are women. But in the conditions that, for example, we live right now, it's relatively easy to acquire hard skills. For example, if I want to learn programming, I could do it right now. If I really wanted to do that, right? I can find like tons of content on how to learn programming and I can just go and do it. And if I'm like consistent enough, I'm going to learn that on my own with all the like information and resources that I have? Is it the same with learning empathy? I would say it's not. You need to have like a lot of human connection and a lot of different experiences To learn empathy. And so that's what non-formal education is for. It creates those experiences for you. A lot of school systems all around the world are very outdated. So they teach you hard skills, and that's really great, and that's really, really important as well. But they massively lack the education that is relevant to today's world. And we live in a more diverse societies, and we also have like more extremists and more extremism in general. And so we are bombarded also by fake news and we are not taught critical thinking. So it's really hard actually when we live, leave school to navigate in
0: today's world. And especially like in a globalized world, non-formal education enable us to fight pre and discrimination and to introduce us to skills that are very important also for leadership.
1: Ultimately, we need to decide like as a society that we want to get people to be educated formally with hard skills and that's really important but we also need the same people not to then go on after they have their degree not to then go on as leaders and be powered by like prejudice and stereotypes but to be powered with the will of inclusion and equal treatment and empathy for everyone
0: ali i really want to thank you for like telling all of us dive more into this topic of uh, non-formal education and again congratulations to your own startup now if you want to learn more um, about non-formal education and to hear more about Ale um, you can head to Alloverse.com and you can also find Alovers on Facebook and on Instagram, if I'm right. Yes, exactly. perfect. We're going to link that in the description. Our question for today is, what are your thoughts? Do we need a reform of our school system? How does that look in your country? We would love to hear from you? You can write to our email inconvenient at alvers.com or you can also find us on Instagram at inconvenientpodcast. Uh, Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts and share the podcast as always with your friends if you liked it. Thank you so much for listening to that and hear you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
1: Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Inconvenient Podcast. Hear you next time.